This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us and IndieWrestling.network for your independent wrestling entertainment. Just Pro Wrestling News Podcast. No filler, no pop-ups. Production services by Sidekick Media Services. And listeners like you, supporting us at patreon.com slash wrestlingmayhemshow. Hey guys, this is the Indie Mayhem Show, the show where we talk with people in and around independent professional wrestling. And we got a, one I've been looking forward to for, for a while. We finally locked it down here for the first interview of 2021. Uh, but in the meantime, please go check out everything at IndieWrestling.us and WrestlingMayhemShow.com where you can find this and other great podcasts uh, in the wrestling world as well as over at IndieWrestling.us. You'll see a lot of the people we speak with on the show in action uh, whether it be on VOD, DVD, uh, IndieWrestling.network, however you want to consume your wrestling content. The YouTube page has a lot of it as well. And, of course, uh, uh, pertinent to today, uh, Fight Underground on their social medias have a lot of action for you guys uh, uh, just out there for you to experience and, and see what's going on there. But uh, my guest for today is uh, 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 somebody... <laughs> Somebody who may, may have yelled at me in the past on certain shows <laughs> that's become a point of discussion over on the Wrestling Mayhem show pages uh, at times. But uh, Big Bang Ronnie Nicole is on the line with me. How you doing, Ronnie? Hello, Sorg. I hope you're going to behave yourself today with all these technical problems we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because we did have technical problems that while we were setting up this interview. <laughs> So, so it's kind of par for the course at this point, isn't it? Right. That's your old trick. We're trying to make Ronnie look bad. That's fine. Of course, of course, I know you from Fight Underground. I know you from from uh, working with a women's promotion here in Pittsburgh uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, but I, I want to, and and I've always like heard about your background, you know, with, with Paul Atlas and, and Jim Lamotta, of course, on commentary. So, so I've always wanted to kind of hear that story. Uh, and chat with you about it. But first, I kind of want to go back. Uh, we, we have a little break the ice thing uh, we do on the show. And I always like to ask, like, what is your first, like, memory of professional wrestling or, like, kind of when it kind of hooked you? Of professional wrestling? Absolutely hearing about it in middle school. Now, seeing it was later. Mm-hmm. But hearing about it in middle school and wondering what all the boys were talking about and they were very excited peak middle school energy and (laughs) i was kind of i was in a weird social mix because i was in band but i was also like in dance team and step team and um books like you had to read a bunch of books and then go to a quiz about it so I was in a, I was in a lot of different groups, but I wasn't definitely in their group because um, these were like the guys who liked Naruto and stuff, and I wasn't into that at that time. But they were all hyped all the time, only on certain days, and I hadn't put it together yet about all these people. And then they came to school with like these little cards, and these cards had wrestlers on it. I was like, hmm. What are these? <laughs> so that was like my first kind of, you know, it's tickling at the back of your neck. You know, mm-hmm. something's up, something's cool, but I'm not sure exactly what. There was a young man I dated at the, <laughs> in middle school, secretly, of course. I was actually, had my mom not passed, I probably wouldn't be allowed to date to this day. Never actually had that thought. But uh, <laughs> I dated in middle school and, uh, he had some older siblings who were kind of into it. So I kept hearing about it in different places. So I guess this was me getting drawn closer. But it wasn't until I saw Monday Night Raw, like literally the very first one, um, that I really was like, oh, I've really been missing out. You know, this is, And this is the era of the VHS tape, you know, so at this point, because I'm not allowed to watch TV, I'm getting them recorded poorly <laughs> with lots of like and commercial tech into it you know tapes from this kid named john across the street and 
I just felt like I had been opened up to something that was really cool and secret. And I really never honestly felt comfortable with that until I started doing you know I ramble. But. No, no, that's great. No, that's great. Hey, the show's all about you telling me your story. So uh, that's awesome. Uh, so I, I love that. I love that you discovered it through like trading cards, like visually. Though, yeah. I didn't know what they had. And like at the same time, though, there was Magic the Gathering was really popular. Yeah. Pops was popular. Um, now that I realize we were just playing with piles of cardboard, I feel like <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it. But. It's not great. Um, <laughs> um, and like Pokemon cards. You know, so all of these card things were already out. And, yeah. you know, everybody got some kind of something. So I was aware of the card culture, so to speak. But I was just like, who are these dudes with these little pants on? And everyone's so colorful. Look at this hat. Macho Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's this literally like you know so i was just really excited and intrigued and it just seemed like there was so much that i was missing out on Mm -hmm. and i couldn't really figure out how to get in (laughs) because i mean you know middle school is the beginning of the i guess stay in your lane Mm -hmm. so Mm. you know I never really, other than the kid across the street, and he was just, he was a wild boy. He was the first incarnation of Jackass or like CKY or whatever. Like he would try to ride his bike backwards down the street. Like he would like try to drive his remote control cars across the highway before other, like the cars, cars would, he would like put little things on them so people would freak out. Like they would think like a child was going across it. It was insanity. And I'm watching this like, you know, out the window. This is So he was kind of my connection, but I never got really immersed in it until I started watching on my own and then got older. You know, mm-hmm. I think I was in my senior year about to go into college when I finally was able to consistently, you know, start watching and learning who people were and studying and going back and you know, but because everything in middle school on was a sneak. I wasn't allowed to watch TV. My mom was real strict about that. So it was a real like sneak and like so you can't really get a full storyline. Mm-hmm. You know? You can't it's hard to put everything together if you're not able to consistently be there and watch the full, you know. But I did my best. But I definitely and I remember Max Me I was like so excited and Paul Bear scared me and I loved Undertaker and I just I'm just thinking about like little me and how joyous I felt watching that and and how wrestling has really evolved and changed and I still feel that like it's awesome. Surrounded by tiny little seahorses feeling when I think about that. You're you're just being like the biggest wrestling fan uh, um, uh, uh, on the down low, I guess. At that time, um, what's that? Secret, 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 secret wrestling right. fan. So how? Yeah. So this progresses, and obviously you get to a point where you know. Were you always like after you started kind of consuming it? Um, was there always that inkling of I'd love to do this, or is, did that come kind of down the road? Oh no, that was immediate. Mm-hmm. And I'm a Sagittarius, so I kind of have the <laughs> the quintessential, oh, yeah, I, I can do anything. Mm-hmm. I, I have no skills to do that, but I absolutely will succeed. Uh, I am a brain surgeon. I don't know if you guys knew that. but like, <laughs> So I instantly was seized by this, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm also a very, if I say something's going to happen, it's usually going to happen. So from a very young age, I knew I would somehow get interested. I just couldn't figure out. I didn't know how to figure out how to do that, especially when you're small. Mm-hmm. You know, everything when you're small seems like, oh, you just go to wrestling college or school, you know, or go to the wrestling store and then you can become a wrestler. <laughs> so, you know, I didn't really have a lot of awareness of how to um, 
get from point A to point B, but I knew that was going to happen. Um, and my idea literally from the beginning was being a pterodactyl. Now seeing Tara Calloway was a big blow for me. Okay. <laughs> that was a really um, challenging blow for my life and heart. She's a sweetheart. I love her. Big shout out. But I, um, that was sad for me. George, okay. Because I was going full Petri with it. Okay. I'm not sure if you're familiar, mm-hmm. but I was doing a headdress as well as a wing suit. Okay. And my idea was to perch. <laughs> okay. Was this Amazing. before, this was before the training? This is like this as. Before. And yes. this was even after. When I started training down in Fayetteville with the first group that I started training with, I told the the guy that I told Night nice Eddie Brown that, and he just kind of looked at me like. <laughs> and so, what is the character? And I said, a pterodactyl. I'm going to terrorize you. You get it? See who I'm referencing here? <laughs> you get it. And he's like, No, I don't. I don't know if that's going to play. Little did we know, <laughs> big and well. Okay. So I just want to say, all that stop discouraging people because you never know what's going to pop off. And I could have been the original Petrie, Tara Dactyl. Okay? Just want to put that out there. That could have been me. You're before, okay? you're before your time, apparently. <laughs> Listen, George, I'm, you know, I'm a firm believer everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that the upkeep of the wingsuit and the different hats I wanted, that was going to be astronomical. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking upwards of three to four hundred dollars per outfit. That's, we we've had good discussions. Not all money. What are we doing? <laughs> we've had good discussions with uh, the former DJ Z walking wild when he had the light suit he'd come out with, and the maintenance and traveling to wrestling shows with that was that? just ridiculous. Yes, because sort packing the car for wrestling shows that's something i've gotten good at but initially it was not great mm-hmm. okay things were broken left and right whatever reason i wanted a lot of glassware in my early years i don't know <laughs> whose kitchen i was trying to stock but then we get to a place and we've got a box full of just glass jars like this is a... <laughs> i learned a lot along the way okay uh but yeah i i definitely i was either always going to be that pterodactyl and then at one point I wanted to do like a Madame Laveau, like voodoo queen thing. But then you have Nina Monet. And I was like, am I just not original? Like, what's happening? <laughs> I don't know got my idea. Nice. It was really not great for me. So, but that's okay because I became Big Bang. Well, I started out, I eventually settled on the She-Hulk of the South because that is very, She-Hulk character is very true to me um people who know me know i'm like i'm super low-key i don't like a lot of people i'm kind of introverted Mm -hmm. i like to stay in my cottage drink my wine read my books watch my always funny you know keep it chill um i'll turn up if i need to but i (laughs) i would much prefer to just be in the house icing my knees Mm -hmm. so (laughs) but the rage you know it's fiery and fast Mm-hmm. So that was a very astute comparison when I started. And I was like, yeah, She-Hulk, but of the South. Because, you know, trademark. And they're not going to go get them. You know, I bootlegged a Marvel movie one time, George, and it was the last <laughs> time I bootlegged anything in my life. They emailed AT&T. And AT&T emailed my mother. And she talked to me. And that was three conversations I didn't want to have. So, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah, they take it very seriously. <laughs> So it's like, mm, no, 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 we'll just do this. So that was cool for a while. But when I went to Japan, they wanted something a little edgier and they wanted something a little different. So um, that's where Big Bang Nicole came from, literally going into the crucible of the fires of Japan and emerging as this over-the-top Godzilla-esque creature of the night. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, that was, that was bestowed and truly earned mm-hmm. <laughs> in all senses but yeah i but i always knew this was gonna i always knew i wanted to be a wrestler once i saw wrestling i always wanted to be an entertainer i'm a pageant kid i was a dancer like i did karate and horseback riding i sang and i was a model and 
you know, I wanted to go to every Disney audition my mom would allow me to go to. Like, things were very entertainment-based for me because I always loved to entertain. I remember (laughs) cutting a hole in the top of a tablecloth to turn one of my best friends into a nightingale. And I had written a song about her being a nightingale. And then it was funny because Always Sunny, when they do Birds of War and they do their songs, it was very similar because I was still singing about actually just the qualities of a bird, not actually (laughs) how cool (laughs) (laughs) it was just like about the routines of nightingales and like how many young they had and like how long their mating was. You know what I mean? And my mom is being very patient and like (laughs) about my tablecloth <laughs> like, <laughs> so so you you, you you have all these ideas you, you you how did you discover uh uh how to get to the rest you know through wrestling training finally and and, and how was that experience obviously you've been through a lot of uh, you know uh, between karate and dancing i mean that, that's 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 a couple big physical activities there uh amongst all the other things you were doing uh but how did that kind of translate when you started actually getting into the ring and bumping around um, I didn't discover. It just happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, at the time, I was acting, semi-pro cheerleading, mm-hmm. um, and modeling. And I was doing just, you know, entertainment stuff. Trying to figure figure out what I was going to do next. At the time, the whole idea of an influencer was still new. So I knew I wanted to go that route, but mm-hmm. high entertainment. So I was cheering for the semi pro team here in North Carolina and the team folded and I was super upset. And so I was on Craigslist just scrolling through and it was like athletic females wanted for um, a long term contract. Uh, you could make uh, two to $500 per event. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yes, he had ambition. This guy had ambition, okay? That's, uh, um, if, anybody, if anybody knows yeah. indie wrestling rates. Uh. Listen, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he yeah. didn't either. I'll tell you <laughs> what. <laughs> Brother. But yeah, and so I was like, ah, and that was way more money than I was already making. So so you're you're kind of discovering, it, 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 like, and you found this, I'm going to put up finger quotes here, opportunity. Uh, <laughs> based on your description, uh, um, so, so 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 tell me more about that. Yes, yeah, so this gentleman who wanted to start an all-female wrestling promotion here in North Carolina, mm-hmm. and his idea was that we would wrestle pretty much every weekend, and we would make uh, two to five hundred dollars per show, and he was going to pay for the training, and it was going to be a select roster of women who would just like cycle through and they would bring in other people but he wanted to train the first roster so he always had talent yeah and i was like great amazing like i wanted to do this my whole life because prior to that the only things that were available because i got started in the early 2000s so like the prior or 2010 excuse me i'm uh, <laughs> um but they're like the schools were too spread out it was like johnny rods up in new york WA4 in Georgia, Monster Factory, somebody out in Cali, Mm -hmm. um, Booker, and somebody in the Mid-South. And that was it. So if you wanted to train, you really needed to be, oh, in Florida, obviously. But if you wanted to train, you know, you really had to go and, like, move. And I was like, well, I can't. Either, and he was fronting to send people to these like and these are legitimate schools that's that's right. not messing around right and so like the research that i was doing it was pretty much like those you had to be there like, yeah they weren't gonna just let you come in and drop in and johnny rod to this day hasn't responded to me oh <laughs> um hello sir if you are watching this i'm available <laughs> Uh, like, I, I couldn't relocate, you know, I went to A4 a bunch of times, like, 
early A4. I'm talking way back in the day, back when, um, Lord Jesus, what was he before he was Apollo Crews? Uha Nation. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, this is back, okay? So, you have to either be near these places or be willing to relocate to these places. And at the time, I'm in college, I'm helping my mom take care of my grandparents, like, that's not an option. Mm-hmm. So, I was really disappointed because I was like, there's other places, but they did not seem credible. And I didn't learn the term outlaw until I got into wrestling, but what they were very proud of the title mm. and wearing the so that but I I knew I needed to do this the right way because I needed to do the obligatory Wrestlemania point so <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't get that doing backyard wrestling no offense to the backyarders they do put their bodies on the line as well <laughs> for significantly less money but more power to you uh, anywho, uh, so I was definitely looking, but I didn't know how. And so when this opportunity came up, I was like, ah! so I met the guy at the mall at the food court because it was like also meeting someone by myself off Craigslist seemed kind of scary. And it wasn't until later that it became scary. So I'm glad I did what I did, you know, like, like this other guy. Hey, so I met him at the mall and he explained that whole thing about wanting to start a promotion for women. He found a place in Fayetteville for all the women to go get trained. He was to pay for the training. He was going to pick us up, take us there, bring us home. I was like, this is perfect. This is like a VIP status. And in my mind, I was like, this is how the rock did it. This is exactly. I know it. Like, <laughs> so I'm so excited, right? So he would always contact us on Wednesday to make sure we were good for Saturday. And then we would have like a little group talk on Friday about what we were going to do. And we would go train Saturday, mm-hmm. Saturday or Sunday, depending because uh, the place, you know, they ran shows. So he would take us down to Fayetteville to Ring, North Carolina. And I was training with Nightstick Eddie Brown and Tony Hank Punjing. And every week it was me, but every week it was me and a different girl. but also in wrestling that was like I was the only consistent person because girls would bump or they would see how hard it was and they would be like "Hmm." well this is all stemming from that casting call so you got like like just general just models or girls wanting to be or or something like that so that they have, they have like no idea the physicality right no across the board there was one girl who was a bartender in wilmington and i was so <laughs> hoping she would do it because she was like a party girl and at the time i was coming out of my party girl face but i definitely would have stayed in for her hmm. and i felt like we would have been an amazing tag team you <laughs> know what i mean it would have been like jersey shore makes odb and kong like Yes. And I was black snooky all through college. This was supposed to happen. But now, anyway, she didn't stick around. Okay. Because she took a bump and smashed her head. And, um, well, she didn't, I mean, it's not easy, you know? No. It's, it's, I think about what, I think about my body now as a 34-year-old woman. And when I started, and I don't even have 10 years in the business, but my body has definitely aged past that because of what we do. And so I understand why they were very apprehensive and why they were like, if I don't have to, if it's not your passion, you're not going to want to do this. Yeah. And that was just it. It wasn't their passion, you know? And so because he couldn't find women consistently and he was starting to see that he was going to have to put a lot more into it than he anticipated, uh, he got a little shady. And so he stopped calling and checking in on Wednesday. And I wouldn't hear from him until like Friday. And he's like, oh, yeah, we're going. Uh, but we can only stay for like an hour. And I'm like, what? Training is from X amount to X amount. You're crazy. Anyway, mm-hmm. like we're not driving almost two hours to stay for one hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's insanity, dude. So 
he eventually was like non-communicating and I called Eddie at that time because we had built a rapport and I was like um so I was told that I can't train with you anymore because it's only me and there's not enough women coming consistently to make it worthwhile and he was like I never said that so my first brush with a shady promoter (laughs) many more to come well at least you learned early (laughs) at least you learned early right so yes um so long story short i had to stop training with eddie and it was really disappointing because you know he was paying for training he was taking all of the women down there and everything so i went back to cheerleading i went back to acting i went back to modeling you know all that and i was in a movie with a guy who was friends with a local wrestler here in raleigh and so he linked me up with cw anderson's cousin who had a training school and so that's when I got to train with CW and Chili Willie from ECW and Marconi. Um, and it was really, you know, I was really happy just to be back in the ring. Mm-hmm. Live that wrestling life, you know, again. Because it was awful having to take a break, just like it is now. <laughs> I, I, have to, I have to make a point here because I know a, a few people listen to this on the audio version. But you have to see, I, I, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I've talked to somebody and when they talk about this path, and we're just talking about training at this point, and the glow in her eyes when she's talking about this is fantastic. Um, but uh, like they're like, oh yeah, I got, I got, I just killed myself in a ring for a year training, and and then I and then the cool stuff happened. You're like, no, this is the cool stuff. <laughs> right? Yes. Like, dude, wrestling is literally one of the last sports that is the oldest around Mm -hmm. we are literally in oral history because professional well not professional wrestling but wrestling itself and the art of grappling can be traced to almost every continent and all the way back to sumerian times like what what else is there (laughs) existing now that has that rich of a culture and rich of a history and touches so many people in so many places and has so many different you know iterations of itself Mm -hmm. like that's amazing to be a part of that and to share that and to be lucky enough to do what we do and training that's that was i felt that every time i bumped i also smashed my head a considerable amount <laughs> I was so bad when i started i was real loosey-goosey because i was a dancer so yeah. you know my body was like not <laughs> not ready for what was that <laughs> So we talked a little bit about your your early career um, as well, but I want to get back to Japan. Like, how did you get to Japan? Was Japan a goal early on um, for you? Oh, absolutely. And that, again, was the boy across the street, John. He gave me <laughs> a grainy VHS tape of Aja Kong and Manami Toyota in 1991. And Aja smash. <laughs> Mashed Minami, like she was an overripe raspberry. And I was like, <laughs> I can do that. And that was it. Like I knew not only was I going to be a wrestler, but that's where I wanted to go and wrestle because the style was just so, I don't know, guttural. Guttural is not the right world, but word, but like it was just such a more intense style, especially in the 90s and the Gaia days and, mm-hmm. and the All Japan days. Man, listen. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. This is where I need to be. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, honestly, Japan was born out of the goddess realizing that I could not survive as a professional wrestler at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I was honestly going to quit. I was, and I wasn't that far in. So I had made the determination that I was going to go to one more wrestling show with a wrestler I had been traveling with seeing at the time and um if things went okay and i spoke with the person who was in charge then i would not quit but if i had a terrible time and weird stuff happened which it had happened a few times before previously at this promotion you know i was like that's it i'm hanging it up i'm obviously being told i don't need to do this and i went and i spoke with steve Carino. Um, because we were at his former school and his former promotion, promotion PWS down in Hubert, North Carolina. And um, he was like, look, it's always like this. 
just let it ride. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. And he was like, maybe Japan would be an option for you. And I was like, what did you say? Well, I mean, if you think that would be something that would be something, I, yeah. So uh, about a week and a half later, I get a call from Vienna and, well, an email. And they're, you know, saying they want to bring me in for a year. They want to kind of tweak my character. This is kind of what the training is going to be like. This is what the pay is going to be like. Is this, you know, are you cool with this? And I was like, um, I'm already signing it. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've already faxed you guys the signed paper. I don't know why you're faxing me this blank paper again. Because I've already signed it. I signed it before <laughs> you said it. Um, and so they sent the paperwork. I got my visa. I waited until two weeks before I left to tell my mother. Oh, yeah, that was a bad listen story. I'm a black Afro Latina from the South. Okay. We don't take trips. We don't do wrestling. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm supposed to be a housewife, a debutante, a doctor, lawyer, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Popping out babies, making cookies, going saving lives, changing the world. That's what my family would like me to do. I would like to body slam hoes and change the world other ways. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not calling people hoes. I'm just saying hoes in general because I don't know that I would like to body slam this time. Um, but that wasn't the plan, you know? So I couldn't really give my mom the Iggy or my family. Yeah. The time. Uh, but the paperwork came through and that's when I was like, okay, guess what? I'm going to Japan. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like, I, I li- you, literally, you literally can't say no. no at that point. I mean, there was I knew there was nothing they could do at that point, mm-hmm. and that's honestly why I waited because the answer would have been no. Mm-hmm. The answer would have been like, didn't you want to go to seminary school? You could have spent that energy going to nursing school. You could have gone to the paralegal or to law school, and you would have been almost halfway done with law school by now. And I'm like, I'm a hospitality management major, business administration, and Japanese studies, and I'm doing nothing with any of that. So mm-hmm. what are you talking about? Like, I might as well follow my dream now. I did what you guys wanted, and now I'm going to do what I want. So, and, and, and it's really an extension <laughs> of your Japanese studies, so in the long run. <laughs> that was That was faded. I really wanted to learn more about their economy and like their business and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not afraid of that. No offense. I'm not like not a patriot, but I'm just saying, I'm afraid of something. So <laughs> I wanted to learn like more about that because originally I did want to set up like an international chain of bed and breakfasts. <laughs> but that was put on hold when I found out you can't have like a strip club in all of them because I wanted that to be an element hmm. and that I'm trying to make money here. I don't care about boobies. I don't care about buttholes. I'm just trying to make money. And you know what I always make money? Shaking butt cheeks. Okay. I'm putting that so. together. I'm, I'm putting that together in my head, how that would work. You know what I'm doing? <laughs> so. No, I'm keeping the brothel element separate because yeah. I know that's where everybody's going to go. No, 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 no. Okay. This is a bed and breakfast with a Strip club on the weekend. Okay. We will not, however, be having those ladies staying here. Okay. In any other room. I don't have any of that going on here. All right. This is not, no, <laughs> this isn't Westworld. Y'all, y'all are crazy. Okay. Be- best Shark Tank uh, pitch ever. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they would want me on the show, though, Shark. It would be like, uh, some of your ideas don't gel. Uh, I'm like, you'll be fine. Mark, Mark Cuban's a wrestling fan, so I mean, you know. <laughs> is he really? Yeah, that's why he's. Well, at least he's he's all in on it. Well, I, I he still I think he still owns Access TV where Impact is, and they had New Japan. Uh-huh. So and and I think he was I, from what I understand. I think he was he was he's made commentary about kind of being behind pro wrestling as a as a business concept. So uh-huh. like. That's why there's always been wrestling on access, like all the way back to HDNet when they had Ring of Honor in those those first televised days for them. So um, history lesson, I guess. So, and, and 
and fun fact, we uh, we brought this up on the other show. It's like he's from like up the road here in Pittsburgh. <laughs> so is it really for real? Scott Township, I believe. Uh, so um, I missed you. Guys. I'm not gonna lie. I had a really fun time and an excellent run there. I'm hoping Area Three will be back in PA. That's right. It's not at fun, but I do. My heart has been in a lot of places in America, but PA is just one place that I definitely will always feel very special about. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. So again, I, I ran into you first with the uh, the Angel Gate promotion that was running here at the time. Uh, uh, you know, became involved with that, or I think it, no, yeah, I don't think I attended before I started working with them uh, on that promotion at least. Uh, and uh, uh, you were a part of that. Actually, I might have seen you at, at PWX or Fight Society before that. Now mm-hmm. I think about it. Um, tell me about that. You know, uh, you know, it, it was. Uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before, like just the 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 locker room sounded like it was a, a pretty great place to be. Oh yeah, the first year that I was with Angel Gate was a loaded locker room. Just mm-hmm. the talent and the caliber of women that came through there was incredible um just off the top i'm thinking now not in the first year but in the second year that i was there i had a storyline with rebel which was awesome because she's tremendous and amazing right casey spinelli heather monroe uh shauna reed charlie cruel um who else did we have come through there holly dead um no, Ray Lynn was a part of that. Ray Lynn, mm-hmm. yes. Oh my gosh. Like it was just such an amazing melting pot of different characters, different women, different wrestling styles. Um, the cards were always sporadic in terms of you didn't know what type of match you were going to get because everybody did their own thing, but it was a place where everybody sat and worked because you knew that's what was going what it was going in. Angel Kate was definitely a place I feel at one point that was really representative of what women's wrestling can be in terms of letting the women be who they are in the ring and out. You know, it was really a blessing to me to be able to work with some of the women I did. You know, I love my matches with Casey. I love my matches with Gabby, Gabby Gilbert. Um, it was definitely a growing and learning experience once I actually got in the office and kind of started learning about booking and how it was done and putting together cards and, and putting together shows. You know, big shout out to Quinn Magnum because sitting under his learning tree was definitely wonderful for me so that I could understand and broaden my scope of wrestling, not just historically, but as it pertains to being someone on the business side and learning how to do that other side of it. You know, being a wrestler for so long, I don't think sometimes we take into account that it is a business and we should always be conducting ourselves as such. But when you're actually working the business side of it, there are things that are different that you have to account for. And there is a, there's a sweet spot, but it takes some time to find that. And I, I feel very grateful to have, you know, had some, had a few people within that organization who definitely were working for that goal, always working for wrestling, working for the locker room, really working towards making sure people understood that what we do is sacred and wonderful. And especially when it comes to women, that we always have something to offer. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm very, I'm sad that the time that I was there is, was so brief. And then, it, it, you know, things, it was kind of like a meteoric rise and a meteoric crash. Uh, but <laughs> I'm very happy because I met a lot of amazing women. I have definitely worked with a lot of amazing and incredible and talented women. And I don't think that had I not been there, I would have encountered so many people, you know. Um, and it's definitely a testament to PA and, and the definitely rich wrestling history there because a lot of these people even though they came from other places they really added to the fabric of wrestling in PA and especially in the sport so you know it'll always have a special place in my heart um you know what was that place that we would go to eat for oh Permanis Permanis I gotta say it the Pittsburgh way the Yinzer way uh Permani brothers with our world famous (laughs) world famous services (laughs) World famous. It is world fa- Listen, I, 
I will be an old lady and I will be making my last ride because I've determined that I will somehow dictate the day and time. Oh, I got it though. The day and time that I will pass, right? So, so I will take one last ride through all the places that I have been, okay? For me, any brothers is on the way. <laughs> and I forget about that because especially with those rushes, it, it wasn't just all, all the local uh talent like it was you no. guys you guys are from all over the place you know Mickey and knuckles i can't believe i didn't even mention her all mm-hmm. hail oh my gosh and she's like that <laughs> oh fantastic and of course uh the evolution uh, uh you know still a quinn magnum at uh fight underground we had you at area one i know we did the women weren't featured necessarily at area two uh but looking forward to, to that coming back around again um that was I don't know, and I don't know what what you've been doing during the this weird, you know, you know, year as far as in the ring action. But I know we experienced you back in June, and that's yeah. one of the times where I got yelled at in person uh, <laughs> that we mentioned. Well, sure, I need you to keep it together. I'm trying. Okay? I'm trying. Call it how I see it. <laughs> okay, so when I see you messing up, I'm just gonna say. Okay. There's no disrespect. You know, I love you. Love your little swaggly beard. I think you look like a sexy lumberjack. All right. The Sorg family, very close to my bosom. Okay. When you're effing up and you're making me look like a butt, mm-hmm. I guess I'll, yeah. But, okay. What do? <laughs> well, there it is. Um, but how was, you know, you had, you had a confrontation uh, match. I guess it's hard to call it a match because it really turned to turn into a confrontation uh, with Scarlett there. Um, no audience other than the, 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 the talent in the production. Basically that was it there in that um, it was, it was a movie studio warehouse. We ended up in that for that first one. And, you know, I think all of the talent and the production saw how I was robbed. Okay. Robbed. Okay. Who ninja kicked someone in the head? Okay, she better loot hang it out of here. All right, I don't have time for that. I deserve a fair and functional match. Okay, I don't know what it is with these young guns trying to pull out all the stops and not playing by the rules. There are rules to war, there are rules to engagement, Fork. Okay, and she engaged me improperly. I was handled badly. I'm going to say that. I was handled badly. Okay, and I demand satisfaction. Okay, demand it. Okay, Area Three better have the women. Okay, I'm not gonna get into it with how Area Two was all. Y'all had uh, what's his face smashing into chairs. You could have had a women's match. Okay, to rebuild the credibility of the Virago Division. Okay, because what I see. Is there's being too much emphasis put on sausage and not enough emphasis being put on the queen clam who was wrongly cast out of the sea. Okay? I know that ocean reference went left. I don't care. I said what I said. I was handled badly, Sork. You saw it, okay? And you were part of it, okay? Because you were trying to engage me when my eyebrows were melting off. And she was breathing at me, not even responding to the things I had to say. Okay? And now we're going into Area 3 with what? A bunch of new stinking butts and no retribution for Ronnie Nicole? It's 2021. Y'all crazy. Y'all crazy. Okay? You know where I reside? Where the money reside and where success resides. And Fight Underground is blocking me from success. And sorry, if I find out that you were in on any of this, it helped me. So help me, okay? You won't do this to me again, all right? I let you get away with it at Angel Gate, okay? Because you had an upside-down bowling pin protecting you from retribution, okay? But guess what? There's not a skinny-leg bowling pin protecting you now because Quinn Magnum knows I'll bite him right on the penis and I'll bite anybody else who gets in my way, all right? Snapping Turtle Ron is back with a vengeance I demand satisfaction. I will be satisfied. Well, we'll be forwarding this to the fight director and making sure you get your justice there. Uh, in the meantime, if we can 
simmer down for a moment. And uh, I'd like to I like to ask which is the, the uh, one more quick question, and then we, we we can let you go. Um. So so I like to ask, what is the best and worst thing about uh, uh pro pro wrestling for you? You know what? The best thing about pro wrestling is the wrestling. It's the wrestling itself. It's the tying of the history together. It is the bringing together of people from all walks of life to share, to enjoy, to either participate in or witness the storytelling that we create in the ring. That's the best part of wrestling. The worst part of wrestling is the butthead. It is the people who think that wrestling owes them something, that they can come into the business and still do it the old carny circus way. Yeah. That they think their little bit of fame on Instagram or Twitter translates into being a terrible person or abusing privileges or rights or, you know, a literal abuse. Like, that's the worst part of wrestling. And I think, unfortunately, we have such a beautiful art that has always been juxtaposed against this real darkness and this real shady undertow. And I just hope that in 2021 that we can stand on what we said in 2020, in 2019, in 2018, in 2017, <laughs> and make these changes that will make wrestling better for everyone. You know, I don't think that all of the veterans that I've encountered in my life are bitter, but I do think some bitterness comes from not seeing those changes, from seeing things be done the same way, from seeing people who are problematic or literally dangerous or baby raping or you know, disappear people's bodies into the swamp. Uh, that they're still running promotions or training children or mm -hmm. around children, you know, around minors. Mm -hmm. And we continue. And I say we because it is our community to police the body. If that's what we're going to do, then that's what we're going to do. But if that's not what we're going to do, then we need to make some changes so that this cannot be a safe place for people because it's not just our business it's everyone's business at this point and we didn't do that we didn't expose it so we have to play by what has been given to us yes people know what's going on which means we need to be held accountable for what's going on especially those of us who aren't walking the right path so to speak so that's the bad part the good part is always evolving though the good part is always changing you know the good part is fight underground changing the way that wrestling is, is being viewed and done on the independent scene. You know, they've only done two areas and still have been able to produce content for, what, almost a year, a year and some change? I think we started, uh, well, we recorded first in June, but June. I think we, we, were, yeah. we were obviously well, creating some stuff. Yeah. So, so, you know, coming up, coming up this summer, it will be one year and still going strong, still producing engaging content. There are other great promotions that are abiding by COVID laws, and producing great content. There are a lot of new people coming into wrestling who have the mindset of this is a business, let's treat it as such, and let's treat people well. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful and important and finally is moving the way we need to go. It's a slow process, you know, because you still see people who are not great being booked on TV, being problematic, yep. pouring gasoline at the fires when their own gasoline draws are soaked. Uh, but you know, these are the things that will one, it, it takes time. And so I'm optimistic that with time that will continue to be weeded out, that we as wrestlers, we as fans, we as those who love this amazing, magnificent art, will take the business back, but not back in the sense of going back to the old ways it was done, but take it back in the sense that it belongs to us because we love it and we care for it and we want to protect it. So, you know. That's the soapbox for the day, Sorg. <laughs> I was waiting for one. I was waiting for one. And by the way, if uh, um, we've had Ronnie on the uh, the Fight Underground um, live streams that we've been doing, you know, similar to what we do with this show. Um, and there was there was a series of them that we did amongst all the crazy stuff that was happening last year, and you know, uh, all the movements and and all the uh, uh, negativity in wrestling that was happening. And I think every time we had Ronnie on, I was just like, well, this is. I just want to take this five minutes that Ronnie just talked. <laughs> and just put it out into the world. And I recommend going back and anytime she was on was was fantastic. Uh and and I just want to say I appreciate that, you know, uh, your contributions to those. 
thank you, Corey. Well, my job in life, not just in wrestling, I feel, is to to help be a light in the darkness. You know, so Absolutely. wherever I am, I want to I want to spread that love. I want to spread that light. I want people to know that there is hope because that is the weapon, the belief in hope, the faith in hope, the strength of hope. That is the weapon. Never feel hopeless. Never feel like it, something can't be done because your belief, your action in putting that belief into the world, it definitely will always yield the results you want. It will always be something good. And I'm hoping that 2021 we have more people who kind of rally together and do that same thing. And as wrestling comes back, you know, into 21, into 22, we can have a better business for everybody to participate and enjoy. Fantastic. Well, if anybody wants to follow that light, where can they do that on social media with you? Check me out on Snapchat, Ronnie Nicole R. You can email me for bookings, appearances, speaking engagements at R at gmail.com. I am on Instagram at Glitterlicious Bang Bang. And I'm on Twitter at, at Glitterlicious. Thank you guys so awesome. much for having me. Sorry, you may be a tricky something sometimes, but I do love you. So thank you for having me. Thank, <laughs> thank you so much. And I just added you on Snapchat. I didn't know you were on there. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to Snapchat. So. <laughs> thank you. I will add you back. Yeah. Thank you so much. Again, you'll see her. Um, look up Ronnie Nicole over at IndieWrestling.us. You'll find her in action there, as well as on our, especially on our YouTube page, uh, a lot of uh, uh, bits from that as well uh, for IndieWrestling.us, of course. And, uh, and of course, check out Fight Underground. And uh, she, of course, will be a part of that in the future. <laughs> is. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, uh, take care of each other and please support Indie Wrestling. <laughs> Never said I was a gangster or thug, but I'm an animal. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.